tiny insects are a key menu item for a lot of creatures in the animal kingdom. To be small and tasty is a recipe for doom if you don't have some interesting survival tactics. Entire orders of insects start in a vulnerable metamorphic stage called nymphs. There are so many, we've identified some nymphs having no knowledge of their adult stages. Some of these bug babies have developed a way to get around and avoid predation that's a marvel of organic mechanics. But by the 101st episode, we've come to learn that amazing avoidance abilities are often the key to life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal info. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. And today we're talking about a tiny helicopter with some interesting upward momentum. But more on that later. I hope so, because this is this is weird. Helicopter is is selling it short, I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, but uh, we are talking about, on this 101st episode, uh, the Brazilian treehopper, but treehoppers in general are very interesting. I did not know that there were grasshoppers, plant hoppers, leaf hoppers, and tree hoppers, yep. and they're all different things. Yeah, and not only that, but like tree hoppers spans several different, I think, orders or classes at least. Hold on. First, let's talk about, we'll get there. Let's okay. talk about what the, the nicknames first. Uh, so we're going to call it here. The uh, the alien arthropod and uh, the Hemiptera globetrotter. Okay. Uh, but so I'll I'll explain the Hemiptera part. You can probably guess that it's it's one of the tax taxonomy groups. Uh, but it's in a kingdom, you know, you love, and are in. It's Kingdom Animalia, Animalia. I still haven't decided on that one after 101 episodes. Um, the phylum is Arthropoda, so we're straying away from the Chordata. I know I mentioned that everything was Chordata, or like 80%. So it's nice that we're... Nice change of pace here. Good job, Joe. Oh, thank you. Uh, the class is Insecta, as, you know, it's a treehopper. Uh, the order is Hemiptera, so that's where I got the, the, the nickname. And that is True Bugs. Yeah. So, beetles, um, grasshoppers, cicadas, ladybugs. I mean, there's a lot of them. <laughs> so, yeah, they all fall in. Real groups. bugs here. Yeah. Um, so, when you watch a bug's life, know that most of it is wrong. Unless you're the, talking the, about the ladybug. <laughs> Unless the yep. title refers to the ladybug only. It, it refers to the ladybug or Francis. It refers to the giant. Hercules beetle um, and it refers to hopper and the grasshoppers yeah uh, so the family is Membracidae or Membracidae and that is cicadas and hopper bugs so that's grasshoppers planter hoppers leaf hoppers and tree hoppers the genus is Bocidium sounds poisonous um and the species is globular <laughs> globulare is that where you got globetrotter yeah yeah i mean but it makes more sense also if you just i mean everybody's got to look up a picture of this thing eventually um so it'll make 
globulare will make a lot more sense when you look at it. But since we're in the business of naming things, it's time for the, uh... This is a great, a great, great segment of the show. <laughs> One of many high-quality segments. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of many great ones. It's very great. Uh, it's time for Critter Groups. Uh, during this segment, I ask Joe a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group? of this animal or what is the collective noun for this animal now i couldn't find anything for tree hoppers um but i could find something for cicadas which are closely related so let's talk about cicadas for a brief second since uh couldn't find anything for tree hoppers so joe what would you call a group of cicadas would you call it a a swarm of cicadas would you call it b a burrow of cicadas would you call it c a superfluidity of cicadas, or would you call it D, a narum of cicadas? I know they both burrow and swarm. The second one seems like a dark horse. If it's not, then it's... Or the third one, rather, seems like a dark horse. A, a red herring, if you will. And then the fourth one just sounds like it's, it's, pl- it's, a, plausible, it's a plausible nonsense. Uh, I'm going to go with just... I'm going to go... Bare bones, it's a swarm. And if it's not a swarm, then it is also a swarm. <laughs> uh, no, it's not a swarm. It's a super, super fluidity. It's nonsense. Yep. It's, the it's, it, the well, people I mean, that make these things up are just trolls. They're internet trolls. The reality is that cicadas are annoying and superfluous. So, you know... Just they're they're, super they're really fluidity. not. They're really important <laughs> for things like it's like a it's like a bounty, a smorgasbord when they come out for a lot of animals. Yeah, I know they. Well, I mean, every seventeen years, some the different species have different timelines. You were close. I, I decided Narum was a was a good a, a good one to throw you off. Just something. I made what is up. that word? But, I don't know. I made it up. Oh. But Plausible Nonsense is a great name for, like, a stand-up comedy album. <laughs> it's, an also, it's, it's also a great uh, alternate name for this segment. Uh, that's, that's so rude and uncalled for <laughs> and superfluous. <laughs> well, but let's, let's talk about where this little guy lives. Uh, it's, the answer is all over the world. Like fish. Like, every time we do a fish or something that lives in the ocean, we're like, it pretty much lives everywhere. Uh, but yeah, we're not talking about a fish, and this guy lives in on pretty much every con- continent except for uh, Antarctica, which was a given probably. Mm-hmm. Bugs don't like it over there; it too cold. Uh, but the Brazilian tree hopper is most prevalent in Africa, North and South America, which is a given, and uh, Asia and Australia. So you you might see these in your backyard if you if you do. Take a picture of that guy, because with your macro lens. Yeah, with your with the triple lens from the new iPhone. Uh, because this, and we'll move on to the to the description. Because this is one of, if not the weirdest insect I have ever seen, and I haven't seen it with my own two eyes. I saw it. I saw pictures on Google. <laughs> um, but I encourage with everyone, your own two eyes. Yeah, 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 and not somebody else's two eyes. That would be horrifying and weird. It's just if you get an opportunity and you're not driving, 
Google this bad boy, and then and then f- follow me on in, on this journey, on this adventure, um, because there's really no way to do him justice with just words. But I'll do my best. To be honest, really, all tree hoppers are insane looking. If you've ever seen one of those little thorn bugs, which I have, I have seen one of these with my own two eyes, um, and that that's a tree hopper. It's a little, you know, green bug that looks like one giant thorn from a thorn bush. But the Brazilian tree hopper is one for the books. So there's a there's this famous model that some guy made 50 years ago um, of a Brazilian tree hopper, and it's pinkish in color. Uh, but it looks like most of the actual specimens of Brazilian tree hoppers are black with reddish hues and yellow legs. So we've got that out of the way. <laughs> the color. So let's talk about this thing's shape. This, uh, for this start, is where the money. This this is where the magic happens. Yeah, this is its money maker, really. Because <laughs> um, for starters, it looks like a cicada uh, that grew up with its face mashed against a wall, like a fancy cat. So I'm going based on the model here. Um, because that's where you get like a really detailed uh, view of its face and and body and stuff like that. Um, it has six legs, like every insect. It has a longish body, like a cicada, um, and large clear wings that overlap over its back, also like a cicada. But the crazy thing is that it has a kind of like tree I guess, sprouting from the top of its head. So just behind, I guess just behind the, its its head where I guess its head would meet the uh, um, abdomen, mm-hmm. right? Or is that the thorax? It's the thorax. The thorax. Um, this, so there's this, there's this like antenna-like tree thing sprouting out the back. And uh, the tree has about five or six branches, sometimes more. And there's one branch that's longer than the others, and it faces the back towards the wings of the tree hopper, and it's really long, and it's like kind of like a tail almost. And the other four or five branches fan out in a kind of circle left and right, and each sports a chitinous ball with an equally chitinous, with equally chitinous hair covering it. So, it's. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'm, d- I'm doing this right at all. So, if you uh, can imagine, just it's a stalk with a helicopter blade on top, but at the end of each of the the blades, there's uh yeah, like a little hairy um, ball on the end, and it's creepy. Yeah, it's it, weird. It it looks like a cartoon that got bonked on the head and by a like a bowling ball, and now it has little fuzzy bowling balls circling around its head. <laughs> Or it's one of those like you know like it has um like it has a rain cloud that's following it like the people in depression drug commercials. Sure. Like you know how they walk around and they have this rain cloud and then they take Prozac or whatever the thing is and then suddenly it's sunny days for them. Uh, it's yeah it's they have this big headdress on essentially that sticks out of the top of their head. Um, and yeah, like you said, they kind of resemble a, a helicopter bug. Or, and I've said this a lot, a Pokemon. <laughs> Just anything it's def- weird. It's definitely is a Pokemon. Like a Pokemon. I mean, it's look at it. it's it's definitely like bug flying or bug psychic type. You got it. It's got to be one of those things. So of course, I guess the question would be. I mean, I, I think I painted a good p- 
picture. We could we could learn a little bit more about how they measure up. I yeah. Okay. That sounds that sounds fun. Welcome to the beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show. The part of the show when we present the animal's size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for not just you, not just me, but for the whole family. It's also a part of the show that's introduced by you when you send in audio of yourself singing, saying, or chittering the words Measure Up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a new intro this week, so that means we get to be introduced by an animal, and Carlos has to guess what it is. Hooray! Which is, it's fun. Like, it, it, it really takes the edge off of not getting a new measure up. That's true. But intro. it is usually kind of a gross sound, so uh, hit me with it. I don't I think this one will be gross, but here we go. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Huh. I'm going to go with either a bird or a mammal here. Definitely seems like nighttime because there's crickets, so it's probably not nocturnal. Maybe some sort of lemur or an owl. I'm going to narrow it down to those. Could be a frog, though. (laughs) That's actually a very interesting two guesses. Because here are your options. Oh, okay. I didn't know I was going to get options. Go ahead. We usually do, and I guess we should do that. It's only fair. Okay, is it a... Eastern screech owl, is it a squirrel, is it a river otter, or is it a bullfrog? Torn between the eastern screech owl and the bullfrog. I'm going to have to go with bullfrog because I don't think that screech, I think that screech owls screech, but that's just a hunch. Final answer? Bullfrog, final answer. That is incorrect. The correct answer was the eastern screech owl. They screech. Really? Apparently they have an interesting vocal range. Someone, someone, whoever named them really dropped the ball. I think they also screech, though. Yeah, but, like, I feel like most birds screech. That's not a distinguishing factor. This sound or whatever, the... It's like a warble. It's like, yeah, a warble. A purr, a purr hoot. <laughs> uh, but... A poot. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, the... I could see why you thought bullfrog. That was a good... Uh, I thought that... I thought that would make a good fourth um, option for you. Uh, I like when you tell me what you think it is. Then I just put all of that in. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's not fair. I, I did not know that you would be giving me options like that. Sometimes I sometimes you give me options. Sometimes I just get, have to guess it out of the. Board, well, so. last time we did it, we decided it would it would only be fair to give you options. Okay, next time I'll remember that and not help you form multiple choice questions. Okay. Uh, let's get into the length uh, of adult Brazilian treehopper. They are 4.6 to 7.5 millimeters. Let's call that 6 millimeters or 0.23 inches if you really, really, really hate the metric system. Um, but how many Brazilian leafhoppers go into the recorded longest wave surfed? And what I mean by longest is the longest distance a person has surfed on a wave but would you like a hint uh so the longest the longest distance someone has surfed on a wave yes okay here's your hint hint. the poror oh my goodness this word poror oka 
the Porororca. <laughs> Pororor. <laughs> <laughs> this is a tidal bore in the Amazon River that produces waves that are 13 feet high twice a year. They also produce long-lasting waves that made a, uh, that made it possible for surfer Picuruda Salazar to achieve the record. So many vowels in Did these Did you things. say a bore? B-O-R-E. A title B-O-R-E, which is a... It's like a... It's like a wave that forms in rivers. It's hard to explain, um, but it's it. Tidal bores are interesting if you look up pictures of them in videos. Okay, so he surfed on um, a crazy f- phenomenon, which is like a wave going down a river, which is important to know. Yes. Also, I was imagining just like a island-sized bore that's creating huge waves, like a giant pig i feel like you know enough about science and tax and animals to know that that's not what was happening i didn't know if it was like it could be like yeah like uh native mythology in the amazon basin who knows oh no this is a real record it recorded thing well no but like they may might think that these giant waves come from oh the, i see what you're saying the boar spirit um <laughs> all right so this could be really long because he's surfing down a river. If it was just on the shore, I imagine it would be a lot shorter. So um, I guess I'm going to say a mile. It seems like a really... I feel like you'd be on your surfboard for... like Yeah, like half an hour if you were... Um, so it's a quarter of an inch and we're doing a mile. So since four of them go into an inch a little bit more than four but we'll go with four uh 48 of them go into a foot and then 48 times 5100 i'm gonna say 200 oh so i got 244,000. so i'm gonna say 200 and uh just a solid 250 250 000, uh brazilian adult brazilian tree hoppers can go into the length of this surf surfer's ride it's tubular the correct answer is six million. Oh my goodness! Eighty-three thousand three hundred thirty-three uh, leafhoppers. Salazar surfed twelve point five kilometers, and you're right; it was a little over half an hour, thirty-seven minutes. You must be going pretty fast. Could be, I would imagine. But that's crazy. Being on a surfboard for half an hour. I mean, all he has to do is stand there and keep his balance for half an hour. I guess so. It's so uh, easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what a what a lame record. <laughs> Just kidding. That sounds hard. Uh, here, let's talk about species. The size of this, the the amount of species that uh, make up leaf hopper leaf hoppers. Uh, there are twenty thousand described species. Of leaf um, hoppers or tree hoppers or plant hoppers or grasshoppers. Oh, I'm not sure. I think maybe twenty thousand might include several of these. Of all in the family Membracidae? Yeah. Okay. Uh, but how many uh, of the uh, of the amount of species of these hoppers go into the population in Brazil? I think Ooh. this might actually just be leaf hoppers. Really? Yeah. I don't think there are that many. Or maybe. Um, 20,000 going into... One of the most populated countries in the world. 
Mm-hmm. And sp- speaking of that, here's a hint. Brazil is, ex- is extraordinarily mixed in their demographics with people coming from Europe, uh, Native Americans, Africans, East Asians, and Levantines, which I just re- re- read for the first time, and that's people from the Middle East. Anyone from the Middle East is called a Levantine? Yeah, it said like Syria, Israel. Or Levantine? Yeah, I guess. I guess the offici- that's the official name for the region of the Middle East. I thought the Middle East was, but... I, well, yeah, I would have said Middle Easterners, but... But yeah, um, Brazil, Brazil uh, Brazilian, the Brazilian population is said to be one of the most mixed in the world. Interesting. I mean, I know they're up there in population. I know they're definitely up there in geographic size, but it doesn't necessarily translate. I think I'm going to go with a hundred... Go with a hundred million people. Seems like I might be lowballing it, but I don't know. A lot they they mostly live on the on the coast. There's a lot of un rainforest. Yeah, there's a lot of um, unurbanized area, unlike the United States, which has about three hundred and twenty million people. So maybe I should say one hundred fifty. I'm going to say one hundred fifty million. We're going to get seven thousand five hundred. 7,500 amounts of species <laughs> yeah. go uh, into the population of Brazil. It's hard to set that up with in, a, in a, an English sentence, but the correct answer is 10,465. Oh, so there's like 200,000 people. 200 there are 209.3 million. Uh, I thought about doing that. but good. All right. Uh, good guesses. Not bad, not bad. You got any... Fast facts. The, the first one was really bad, but the second one was much closer. Um, yes, I do have fast facts. Uh, so the crazy thing about these crown jewels that grow from its noggin is that we have no <laughs> idea what they do. They're not eyes or anything. The The balls are hollow, and they are present on both males and females, so they're not sexually selected. I read one thing where an uh, entomologist hypothesized that they are used to deter predators and he said that it would be more difficult for a predator to get a hold on a bug that looked like a jack well he didn't say a jack but it looked like that and i think it looks like a jack you know oh yeah things you pick up but i would think that this would make it easier to grab since jacks are actually designed to be scooped up easily for the game but i'm not a biologist it just seems like if you have more parts that are sticking out it's just easy to grab. If he was, if he if he didn't have that and was flush with the whatever surface he was on, he would be more difficult to grab. But I don't know. Um, some hypothesize that the chitinous bristles that are on the globes up there may act as tactile sensory organs like maybe the bristles pick up wind or air pressure changes and, th- and that's amplified by the hollow gourds but still nobody knows it's weird it's such a weird looking bug and we haven't done enough research to figure and it's and it's everywhere it's also in on pretty much every continent and we still don't know what those crazy gourds do so another interesting thing is that they exhibit all right here we go Herma metabolism, which hmm. has nothing to do with digestion, which is odd. Um, it means that they don't have a larval stage. Most insects have a larval stage. They go from egg to larva to nymph to adult. 
Um, but these guys go straight to the nymph stage. As soon as they come out of the egg, they are basically tiny versions of adults. No wasting time. Yeah, without wings and um, without the same coloration. They're teens. They're born teens. Yeah, pretty much. They're born. They're born um, ungrateful and uh, irresponsible. They <laughs> <laughs> which is why probably they only live for a few months. Yeah, that's tr- tree hoppers only live for a few months, uh, which is I mean it's a it's more than the average housefly, but definitely less than like a gopher tortoise. So um, they like to eat sap. And they get this by biting into the undersides of leaves with their beaks. So they like to hang out on leaves. They're, you know, tree hoppers. And um, they'll just spend all day drinking the sap from from these leaves. And because of that, they secrete something called honeydew, which is kind of the residue after it uh, eats this sap. It's very sweet and has a lot of um, nutrients. So the leafhopper can use this to its advantage. Some treehoppers have a symbiotic relationship with ants, where ants protect the treehopper's eggs, and hopper secretes a kind of honeydew for the ants. So that's really interesting. We talked about how the leafcutter ant has kind of this mutualistic relationship with aphids and farms them for a similar thing, honeydew. Ants just really like that, and they're willing to defend uh, treehopper's eggs in in exchange for that sweet, sweet honeydew. and some treehoppers even have a mutualistic relationship with geckos. And I saw a little video from David Attenborough about this. Um, and they can communicate with the gecko through vibrations. So the gecko finds a treehopper and vibrates its head to ask for honeydew. It's like it's placing an order. And the hopper responds by wagging its abdomen and then producing the honeydew. But we're not sure how the hopper benefits from this. I guess it's like, hey, don't eat. Uh, I'll being, give you some honeydew. Actually, it's it's keeping the ants keep keep them clean. Um, they they so, routinely clean them, uh, and so like things like parasite and bacteria don't build up. I was talking about the gecko. Oh, yeah. Why the 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 gecko asks for honeydew, and the hopper's like, sure. Uh, there's no exchange of of funds or valuable goods. Maybe they are in the same. Maybe they're just in instinct mode. So they're like, oh, things eat this stuff, and I get cleaned and then the gecko's like i'm just actually just gonna do the one thing <laughs> i'm actually just gonna take and not give back but that's all i got time for the major fact it is okay leafhopper uh leafhoppers and leafhopper nymphs are tiny but their ability to hop warrants it being in their name for sure during a hop they're able to accelerate from zero to 12 miles per hour in less than a millisecond which is fast. To you and me, this is so fast for a small insect that it might look like it's disappearing rather than jumping or like teleporting. Uh, they jump through rapid depression of their trochanters, which me tra- too. trochanter it refers to a small segment of the leg uh, of any insect between the coxa and the femur. So it's a part of the leg. Their thighs have tiny interlocking spikes that act as gears to synchronize each leg for a jump. So literally, it looks like gears. Like there's two on both thighs. There's like a a curved toothed um, surface 
and that interlocks between both thighs. Hmm. So they jump through building up pressure, uh, stored energy, and then releasing it. They accelerate so fast, they experience 47 to 250 Gs. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask next. Like, I, I'm just picturing their face being plastered back. <laughs> Uh, if you're not familiar with that, G's refer to gravitational force equivalent. That's what it stands for. It's a measurement of force that causes the perception of weight during acceleration or when changing directions. Human beings can die if they experience more than four to six G's for long enough periods of time. Yeah, we're, we're fragile meat sacks. Yeah, it, it has mostly to do with blood uh pooling away from the I mean with the force so you you can have brownouts and blackouts because like blood is not properly getting to your brain and stuff that's why uh, pilots have to specially train for this yes fighter pilots yeah they experience more G's than the average person and you experience G's on roller coasters and they 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 push the limits to safe safe extents they're not they're they're not allowed to to, to really go more than a few seconds of like six G's, um, which if they do at all, I don't I'm not sure. Um, but the power output is much higher than what is similarly, like similarly sized insects can produce. So these tiny little muscles can, are putting out like crazy amounts of power. It's thought that the catapult like motion that their legs provide help to increase uh, the power they can generate. So things like cicadas and grasshoppers and leafhoppers have that like catapult shaped leg that's much larger than the rest. Like that's proportionally large. Mm-hmm. That helps them to use their muscles to the the highest extent possible. Uh, they also store energy by locking their legs in place and then contracting the muscle, kind of like pulling back a rubber band and waiting, or like kind of like um, a crossbow. You pull back the string and you lock it in place. Then they suddenly release the the muscle and it propels them forward quickly. Now, like to to avoid one leg firing faster or before the other one and then just like sending them careening and flipping through the woods. Oh, man. (laughs) That's what the gears do. Uh, If one leg lets go or releases first, the gears will help make sure that it either stays where it is or push the other leg to synchronize the jump. That would be so catastrophic if one of them went off by accident or too early. Oh, yes, a nice morning <laughs> snack. Finally, I'm famished. Oh, my gosh, I'm flipping to the woods. <laughs> and your leg is smacking you in the head at 12 <laughs> miles an hour. And it's that's really bad when your head is also is covered in these giant gourds. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so leafhopper nymphs, um, and all, and most, um, I think, um, <clears throat> plant hoppers as well, they are slightly different in the way they do this to grasshoppers and locusts and stuff like that. They are cicada shaped, so their bodies are not, they're higher at the front and lower at the back, so they're not parallel to the ground, whereas a grasshopper is parallel to the ground. So then the legs, mm are angled so that the back leg is parallel with the body. So they're basically shooting forward 
shooting to the direction they're facing rather than grasshoppers whose legs are not parallel to their bodies. So if you look at a picture of a grasshopper, you see their bony little knees sticking up. You don't you don't see that with a with a plant hopper because they have because grasshoppers have to go up right and forward. Yes. So it just the it's just a slightly different variation that makes it a little bit more um, I don't know efficient for something much smaller to just generate that much force. But yeah, it's a, it's a little jumping machine, literally. Little jumping bean. The weirdest looking. It's always interesting. If you ever see like one of these things, like you've seen bugs like um, fleas and stuff like that jump, it's like they're just standing in one spot and then all of a sudden they're yeah, gone. They're like what? And then you find them somewhere else. It's because they went too fast for the camera's frames to even pick it up. Or my eyeballs. Yeah. That's that's why flea circuses were so successful. Because it looked like nothing was happening, but they're just little fleas jumping around. But also like flea circuses like are fake. No, they're real. But they're... But like in Jurassic Park, John Hammond... Yeah, he's wrong. Talks about building... Flea circuses are real. They actually use real (laughs) fleas. (laughs) He's wrong. That's impossible. He he is wrong. He's wrong about the dinosaurs. He's wrong about the fact that he... uh, Trying to control nature. I mean, even I was overwhelmed by the power of this place. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's all I got. Uh... Me too. All right, so that was the Brazilian tree hopper. Go look up a picture when you got the chance, so that you can uh, you can enjoy this, just like us, and then and then never forget it because it'll be burned into your brain. So for you out there in podcastia, when danger calls, have a healthy serving of sap and spring into action like the tree hopper here in life, death, and taxonomy. I wrote leaf hopper here. My favorite in the world podcast. <laughs>